the Public News Service Daily Newscast for January the 4th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. It's been a year since the attack on the U.S. Capitol by supporters of then-President Donald Trump. Despite many arrests and a congressional investigation, a North Dakota political expert feels the lingering effects aren't fully realized. The first anniversary of the attack is this Thursday. University of North Dakota political scientist Mark Jendrysik says with fresh polls surrounding the event showing partisan splits, it's reasonable to think a portion of the American public doesn't fully grasp the effect on democracy. I think there's a large number of people who have, you know, basically treated it like no big deal. And that frightens me because it's the absolutely worst political thing that's happened in this country in my lifetime. In an ABC News Ipsos poll, a majority of respondents indicated the attack was a threat against the election process, but more than half of Republicans say those involved were protecting democracy. Jinder Isaac says that kind of divide underscores efforts in GOP-led states to adopt voting restrictions. There are fears some proposed changes would give states power to reject votes based on outcomes. Backers of these efforts say they're trying to restore faith in elections. I'm Mike Moen. Meantime, CNN reports more than 20 million people are under winter storm alerts as a strong storm system works its way across the eastern United States. The federal government in Washington closed Monday, and weather-related disruptions are being felt across the country. CNN notes many schools have canceled classes, and hundreds of thousands of customers are without power. The forecast, snowfall totals of 48 inches are possible across the southern Appalachians and areas of the Mid-Atlantic. Could see accumulations of up to 8 inches through Monday. Leaders in the U.S. Senate have announced plans to vote this month on a change to the filibuster rules, hoping to pass voting rights legislation they say is needed to protect democracy. Democrats charge that since the 2020 election, Republican-led states such as Texas have passed laws that could subvert future elections. Last month, the Department of Justice sued over the state's new redistricting maps, arguing they deny black and Latino voters an equal opportunity to participate in the voting process and elect representatives of their choice. Richard Pineda is a communications professor at the University of Texas at El Paso. If you can isolate a population that you think is going to lean one way politically, and it also overlaps with ethnic identity markers, then I think you see a really tremendous impact. The election and voting rights package is stalled in the evenly split 50-50 Senate, and Democrats have been unable to agree over potential rule changes to reduce the necessary 60-vote threshold. I'm Roz Brown. This is PNS. A task force charged with addressing homelessness and affordable housing across Colorado expected to release recommendations on how to invest some $400 million in the Federal American Rescue Plan Act funds later this month. Kathy Alderman with the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless serves as vice chair for the task force's subpanel made up of non-governmental housing experts. She says most people agree that expanding housing capacity should be a top priority and not just in the state's urban areas. One way to help resolve the housing crisis is to make sure there is more affordable housing available to people at all different income levels across the state, creating new units of housing as well as preserving existing 
creating affordable housing. Lawmakers passed House Bill 1329 last session to create a roadmap for using 500 million federal rescue dollars to assist Coloradans impacted by the COVID public health emergency. The first 100 million went directly to current Division of Housing programs. I'm Eric Galatis. And new data reveals a promising trend in the well-being of Ohio's kids in 2020. In 2020, 16.8% of Ohio kids lived in poverty, nearly 423,000 children. That's the lowest percentage reported since the year 2000. Emily Campbell with the Center for Community Solutions notes that the findings carry some uncertainty because of disruptions caused by the pandemic. These are the best estimates that we have and the best data collection that we could hope for in those circumstances. So we're cautious with how we're interpreting it and waiting to see if it's an anomaly. But we see a lot of reason for hope in these new data. The 2020 data found a slightly higher poverty rate for older adults. Campbell notes those changes are not as statistically significant as a drop in child poverty. Finally, our Emily Scott tells us with the deadline approaching for Pennsylvania's new voting district maps. The Legislative Reapportionment Commission will host eight hours of hearings on Thursday and Friday in Harrisburg. Carol Cunningham of Fair District's PA says creating new maps once a decade based on population change never is an easy task. She says in the proposed Senate map, there's concern about a pattern of large deviations from the ideal district population that needs to be addressed. When a whole region is under the population by a lot and a whole region is over the population by a lot, the region that's under population is actually getting more representation. The region that's over is losing representation. Four hearings also are scheduled in Harrisburg for January 14th and 15th. This is Mike Clifford. Thanks for starting your day with Public News Service member and listener supported. We're heard on interesting radio stations and you can find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.